Hi, I'm Mercedes. I'm an entrepreneur and director at Inc. And I'm Vera, a clinical psychologist and chief people officer at Abstracta. And this is The Everything Else, a podcast about soft skills for a meaningful life. Today's episode is sponsored by Inc. English Services. Check out their website at inc.com.uy. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode four, the bonus track of the Everything Else podcast. Today's show is short and it's tool-packed, and it's a sequel of episode four, where we talked about interculturalism, what it is, what it means in our times to have this intercultural exchange of diverse worldviews, and why this diversity of worldviews in a broad sense is essential in the construction of our future. It was a great episode, right, Vera? Yes, it was. And if you haven't listened to it, I recommend going back and giving it a shot before you listen to this one so that you can have more in-depth understanding of the issue and not just the tips. But if what you want or what you're looking for is concrete examples and tools to give your inter intercultural competence a boost, this is for you. Mm. And we <laughs> keep... <laughs> We keep stumbling upon intercultural. Inter inter <laughs> All right. Since it's 2020, the too long didn't read version is what follows, right? Let's get down to business then. Um, can we start with the comments on, on the episode? Yes. The first one said, I feel generational diversity is essential and underrated. Input from older generations, even in designing technology, helps us to be more inclusive. So true. And also people with age provide us with other perspectives, you know, different perspectives. You know, rich environments are diverse environments with multiple backgrounds. Yeah. I, I'm thinking this is like something that my mom would say. No, they yep. don't think about older people when they're designing things. And that's exactly what diversity gives you, right? Yep. The, the other perspective. The second one, which I loved, said more women <laughs> everywhere, but particularly in STEM. Female vision in creating products has been life changing for many. I oh, this more. is such an interesting topic. And we can go more in depth into this in another episode. But women not only can do so much, but also bring so much to the table. Now, there are certain areas where female perspective hasn't has been absent way too long, don't yeah. you think? Yes. Even in areas where they are the target audience, it's absurd when you come to yeah, think of the, it. Yeah, the documentary period on Netflix, have you seen it? Yeah, love it. It's, it's amazing and it's such an awesome example of what can be done when you integrate female perspectives. And innovation, last time we talked about the, the numbers of innovation, how they increased with yeah. diversity. And these are all examples of things. I can go on, I'm not going to... Watch. Um, and somebody disagreed with us on Twitter. And Twitter style. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was interesting and, and it's interesting to comment. It said, uh, you must be blind not to see how forced multiculturalism and diversity is creating social unrest, distrust, no cohesion, violence, divisions, and lower quality of life. Rapidly forced multiculturalism is no kumbaya fest. It's a disaster. First of all, I, I love the concept of kumbaya fest. I'm so sad I never actually went to one. But what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> 
What do you think? I think it's interesting what the guy is is bringing up, right? This is what happens to it's most people. It's not Kambaya Fest. It isn't. No. It, it doesn't have to be a Kambaya Fest, right? No. It, nobody said it would be. Nobody said it would be. I think, but this is, I think, such a great example of what happens when you talk about diversity in a lot of cases. Because it's it's definitely not a kumbaya fest when you talk about it with everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people are really open, some are not. Yeah, but that's why episode four maybe it's important to go and listen beyond the tips. It goes to the why. And if you find a why, you will find how to do it. This is not me. This is Nietzsche. Because I like (laughs) quoting. Okay, let's go to the tips. All right. Let's open up this toolbox. Um, How can we boost our intercultural awareness and intercultural competency in order to master bridge, to become master bridge builders and crossers? Okay. So tip number one. All right. Be open-minded. Be willing to learn. Be willing to be amazed or at least surprised. Be aware of your own biases or at least know that you have have biases. Yeah, excellent. Episodes for homework was a starting point to see some of your own biases towards your culture of origin and the biases other people might have towards you. If you didn't do it, go back and do it. (laughs) All right. Tip number two. If you're dealing with a foreign culture, read up on cultural etiquette in that country. If I could just steal a minute more, I think it's useful to remember that in anthropology and the study of culture, particularly the study of culture and countries, um, they're divided into high and low context cultures. Um, can, can you give us a brief explainer of what that is? Sure. High context cultures are cultures in which the use of contextual elements like tone, body language, a person's status, determine the rules of communication and are not explicitly stated. Yeah, they're not Those explicit, are high yeah. context. Yeah. In low context cultures, information is transmitted through language and the rules are explicit, yeah, sometimes ex- yeah, too, extremely explicit. Too explicit. <laughs> this is like a spectrum, right? And countries fall in some place of the spectrum usually. Low context cultures are countries like the US, the UK, Scandinavian countries, Canada, where Mm. everything is extremely explicit. Yeah, it's clear. Then in the other end of the spectrum, countries like Japan, China, India, the Arab world, places in which you have to rely heavily on the cultural context in order to communicate. Yeah, this this makes me think um, about China, for example, where concepts related to saving or losing face yeah. are so deeply rooted in the social fabric. And it can be the difference between really being able to connect or not. Or in some Middle Eastern countries, uh, maybe hurrying conversations. Right When I, I was in Iran... Um, I went to buy a carpet and I thought it was like an in and out thing that would take 20 minutes. And it ended up being like a three hour visit to a store where we drank tea and we ate sweets and we didn't talk about the carpets in a really long while. And I was just like sitting there like and the carpets. Does does he know why I'm here? And if I hadn't had a culture savvy host, I would have navigated the situation terribly. And the outcome would have probably been an offended carpet salesman, a bad carpet. Or no carpet. 
carpet at no all. No carpet at all. Being ripped off with a price, for example. And the, the point here is that when you're dealing with high context foreign cultures, it's especially important to read up on the cultural etiquette so that you don't like screw up royally, right? And impair communication totally. There, it's full of sites that are full of detailed descriptions like ediplomat.com and commissceoglobal.com. Or you can just Google like business etiquette in blah and yeah. you get loads of suggestions. So this connection, it's not just for connect pers on a personal level. Mm -hmm. It's very important for that. But also if you are looking to do business with other cultures, yeah. you need to do this. If yeah. not, they're going to slam the door at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I find that it's also interesting to read about your own country first. You can see what these generalizations people are making of your own culture yeah. are. You can also see what other people think of these biases and glasses through which you see the world and maybe you're not seeing. Yeah, like if you did the homework for mm -hmm. episode four mm -hmm. and then you could go back and Google this to see if it agrees with, with yeah. what you think. Um, I used to do this in class when I taught and people were always surprised about what, what other people thought about their own cultures. Yeah. All right. Tip number three, a very important one. Learn another language. Learn another <laughs> language. Learning a foreign language is a door to foreign culture. Mm. Not just the words, but the way people speak is a privileged bridge to help us understand how they think. Yeah. And bilingual people have more of this skill and it's not a coincidence. Yep. And you know, language is an essential part of understanding a culture because it shapes thought. That. Can you say that again, please? Yeah. Language shapes thought. Yep. Some cultures have words to express certain feelings or situations that other cultures don't. And that thing that is named becomes important. Um, there was a listener that brought this up after the first episode, and I think it deserves a whole other episode. Yeah, maybe. Even, even talking about inclusive language and how you you put a job description, for example, yep. I'm thinking now. Uh, you put a job description, how it might also be a little bit biased towards gender, yep. for example. But anyway, okay. Learning a foreign language to the point of being fully bilingual is great, but it's not the only way, right? No, definitely not. Learning another language just doing that is an amazing door to experience the culture, to access its cultural expressions, the music, all the things that mm. it brings about and to comprehend them. And this is not just learning what other people do. It can even have to do with understanding their history. Yeah. All of these things, they add up to fully understanding the other culture and becoming more skilled in these cross-cultural encounters. Yeah, and when learning a language, I think it's important to not just go for the grammar rules. People are sometimes tempted, right? Specific vocabulary in their er, in areas of expertise. I just talk about this, so yeah, I don't yeah. care about the other. <laughs> But you have to see language in real context, use authentic materials, um, you know, see how natives of that language use it in articles and songs and... Most of all, let great teachers help you to build that bridge, right? And most importantly, from even from day one, to put the language that you're learning into use and focus on the communication. Yeah, communication. Yeah. That's what language is for, basically. Yeah. Next tip. Tip number four. Learn from other cultures that can be through traveling. And I stumble because now traveling is more difficult. Yeah. But you can do it through reading about other places, about other realities. 
this exposure can be boosted in your own experience. Yes, you know? again, it's with the hands-on approach, right? Yeah. Traveling is a great way to increase awareness, but it's not always possible, as we were saying. Yeah. So you can find traveling alternatives. Actively seek other cultures. Talk to foreigners in your own country, if yeah. you see any. Find out what they think about your culture. Be open to hearing what they have to say. Think about your own national traits. You know, the ones that you like, the yeah, ones you the don't. Ones that you don't. See what you're transmitting <laughs> to this person about your own culture. Good. And make sure you, that you learn about theirs too, right? Their food, their national celebrations, customs, language, as we said before. Watch a foreign movie or even uh, watch films and read books that are set in other places with <laughs> characters from different ethnic and cultural backgrounds. Yeah. And even living in your own hometown can be a more global experience. Try out eating other countries' food. With a group of friends, what we do is called Theme Night. Once a month, we got to got together and cook and try out food from other places. Like we had Brazilian night, Mexican, yeah. Greek, Italian, Spanish. You can even make it more complex and have local drinks if you want to add up, like dress up, music. <laughs> oh, you have be... to be careful with the dressing up, right? You could get accused of cultural appropriation. <laughs> no, that's not it. And we didn't even do it fully many times. Sometimes we were much closer to this other culture and we, we had more things. Others, we just... Approaching the food was interesting enough. Yeah, it was food, a, amazingly, says a lot about a culture. Oh, yeah. And also going to a more microcultural aspect um, that, that we were talking about a bit in, in episode four, right? The diversity is not just nationalities. You can travel in your own country to see different realities. Oh, yeah. No, the countryside, other places, talk to locals, not just the people that, that talk to tourists, but, you know, learning about your own country In, in other neighborhoods even be open to learn and to try this ethno-relative approach that we talked about all right looking good other ways of celebrating diversity at the workplace Vera just having a diverse team does that do the trick just having a diverse team doesn't do the trick no. it doesn't guarantee people feeling appreciated and welcome okay so we need to go again to remind us that diversity is not relevant only to the people who feel identified with minorities. Mm. Remember, celebrating diversity is an attitude that helps everyone on the team feel more comfortable, more welcome. Yeah, but, okay, this is the tip section, so dish okay. out the tip. <laughs> okay, 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 <laughs> promise. Okay, let's go to, for, to tip number four. Number five. All right. Celebrating diversity, this can be done in various ways. At a team meeting, for example, as an icebreaker, ask people to share songs pictures, objects, that it can be a song that lifts their spirit, a picture of a happy moment. Now, with remote teams working from home, ask people where they are, telling them, uh, telling people about the spot where they work from. It doesn't take that much time and it's time well spent. Now, the other day we did one activity at Abstracta that was super simple and so rich. It was sharing five Five lessons we learned in other activities that we enjoy doing. Outside of work. Outside of work, not uh -huh. work-related. Just choosing five things we learned doing this activity and how these insights came in handy at work. That seems cool. I yeah. like that. I think there was dance, did, there was everything. There was Yeah, and you learn a lot about yeah. people in the process. We did one um, at Inc. that worked wonders to actually help us find similarities in the cultural differences. You know, I mentioned last time that we yeah. had like eight different nationalities. We divided people into groups and had to uh, had them build an autobiography or a description um, that was true for all the people in the group. 
Um, so they had to sort of sort through the differences to find common ground. And it was quite surprising. Like people from different places could find things that that they all had in common for a, a biography. When you're telling an anecdote, it's interesting how many times we put so much detail that that generates more noise and sometimes making it more simple. Yes. Well, the essential states. yeah. It's like you said last time, right? Nothing alien, nothing human is alien to me. Yeah. In essence. All right. So the most most interesting thing for me, as we were saying, this is something that I can't really get enough from it, is seeing how different everybody is and how much more connected we feel we are mm. after doing these things. Oh, totally. So, again, it's time really well spent. It's like opening a window to knowing the person more and it can be lots of fun and engaging doing it. Yeah, and humor seems key here, oh. doesn't it? Humor is so powerful. Not not as in laughing about other people, but laughing with the other. I, it seems obvious, but it's really, really powerful. Like, we're all in this together, right? Nobody <laughs> is bias-free, so we all have our quirks. Brené Brown, you might have heard me quoting her quite oh, no, a bit. I've never heard <laughs> She says as a mantra, stay awkward, brave, and kind. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good mantra to me. Yep, I love it. All right, um, but what about when this doesn't go that well? When people are full of biases or not tolerant and maybe say jokes that are hurtful to others? Can this be tip number six? Like okay, when... so <laughs> tip number six. Rule of thumb here. All right. Make respect explicit. Excellent. It's not just a banner on the wall. Have events where you discuss these things openly. International mm-hmm. Women's Day, for example. It can be an example. Yeah. We get together for lunch and scenes on the media there is a lot being said we put the topic on the table ask some questions people start talking they start hearing other perspectives and always promoting mutual respect that's good it's a very Brene Brownish because it's it's brave (laughs) (laughs) to put those topics on the table you have to be a little bit brave yes Um, yeah, and talking about these things is a great starting point for, for change, right? I think, for example, we have lesson plans for classes to touch some of these controversial topics and walk towards an understanding. But it's not always easy. You always you, you end up confronted sometimes and oh. sometimes things don't go as smoothly as you planned. Yeah, well, uh, maybe this, there is a policy that we have that is quite simple and abstract. We, we say that it's okay for anybody to raise a yellow flag. Okay. It's a yellow flag because what happened is not a major offense. Actually, okay. many times these comments are that require a yellow flag are seen as natural by others and still hurtful yeah, to yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, you would let it sort of pass by without saying something normally. Because culturally, it's natural. Mm. It's, it's done as natural normalized. Yeah, normalized, that's the word. So this yellow flag implies anybody can talk on a one-on-one with with anybody from their team and say, hey, you know, the other day you said this and that and it felt, it made me feel like this or it may have made, it may have made somebody else feel like this. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily only for you. No. I think that's really important also. Defending points of view that are not only yours and and looking out for others, I think that's that's really important. People care, you know. (laughs) Taking care of people. (laughs) You know something about that. All right, but um, we have to simplify. It it can't be simplified as in political correctness. This is kind of thin ice that we're walking on, right? Exactly. Because this is not... Because it's not correct to say it, because other people are... No, this is because we know that this affects other people. Excellent. All right. It's not... 
how you are seen. But... And, and you're building this, right? Like the feeling safe, comfortable and, and accepted. You're, you're building this space. Exactly. And we talked about it through the magic of the classroom, right? Yeah. Making a safe space in education for mm. everybody to be able to speak out. Well, the same holds true for the workplace, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. We're your feeling, family. Yeah. Feeling safe, feeling comfortable, feeling accepted. Well, that leads to a more integrated self to feeling more focused, more engaged, more accepted. And this is vital if you want to be creative. Yeah. All right. Last tip. And for me, one of the most vital ones. Tip number seven. Integrate diversity in your social media. Yes, this one is very important. <laughs> Make sure that you're not prey to the eco chamber. Follow people from different places of different gender, different sexualities, different abilities, political and social inclination, even if sometimes they break your balls a little. <laughs> <laughs> we- you have to, right? Yep. You yeah. have to because it's the only way. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. But you have to follow people that you disagree with. And don't block them don't out. Don't block them. People often go on blocking sprees. Right? Read their tweets or whatever. I think Twitter is like the worst place yes. for this. And see what they have to say and listen to understand. Read to understand in this case. Yeah, yeah, re- and don't write to react. Oh. Ooh. All right. I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. Those are... Our seven tips, right? Yes, for boosting our intercultural skills. You might have more. We would love to hear your experiences and your thoughts on this so we can continue sharing and learning. Excellent. And please remember that if you liked what you heard, if any of this resonated with you, share it so you can help someone else find us. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you following us on social media? Join our community. This is an ongoing conversation. We are the Everything Else podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast from.